90s Now with Kelly Alexander and Sharon Highland. Back again. Season 10 continues. Hey, Kel. Hey, Adam. How are you? We're in great shape. (laughs) Adam is like the Tony Robbins of our podcast. (laughs) I love how you you come up with a new word every show. I love it. Do you know who Tony Robbins is, Millennial Adam? I have no idea. I know Robin Williams, no Tony Williams. Yeah, no, t- Tony, uh, Tony Robbins. Robbins. Tony yeah. Robbins, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> He's so. like a motivational speaker uh, par excellence, like, but like in fifth gear all the time. Nice. Yeah, and he yeah. like makes a gajillion dollars just for opening his mouth like for 20 seconds. It's crazy. Nice. It's true. I wish I could do I that. Think a lot of, uh, I think a lot of athletes used to go to him, right, Sharon? I think so. I think there was like a fair amount of like celebs that would use him as a... Inspiration. Yeah, coach. and then he did it. He toured like he would do uh, arena shows so that right. wow. people could benefit, you know, by the tens of thousands from his wisdom. <laughs> Isn't he friends with Ope? I don't doubt it. He sounds like he is. I want to be friends with Ope. <laughs> Me too. That's why I call her that so that one day she'll agree finally. <laughs> she'll love that. <laughs> Put it in the universe. Put it out there. <laughs> I want to be friends with Ope. We got to make sure that we don't have anybody else in the universe named Ope that isn't <laughs> Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> Uh, we got a lot to tackle today, you guys, because Dave Grohl's got a new book coming out. Um, good news is it's going to be one book, at least at this time, because it could have been many books, and we'll talk about that. Also, that uh, one of the biggest movies from the 90s is being remade. What? Yeah, but uh, there's a show from the 90s on television that's not going to be remade. But uh, fun story about one of the best shows from the 90s that might have had a different lead actress if the studio heads were left to cast that show. Okay. And you can tell in my tone that it's not funny. <laughs> not not your traditional ha-ha. Uh, we got Kelly's trivia. I'm going to do a 90s rewind a little bit later on. And uh, you know what? We'll be three for three if we talk about the Spice Girls again this show. So let's. <laughs> Will we also be three for three if we mention Janet Jackson? Oh, I'm sure you'll have something in your pocket, eh, Kel? And uh, also, just before we start the show... Uh, I have got a, another confession to make. Uh-oh. I've made a habit of saying really humi- humiliating things about, you know, <laughs> my conception of things in the 90s. So you know how we, we talked about it on the show? Uh, the Morning Show with yep. Jennifer Aniston, yep. Steve Carell, Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. We've talked about it a lot, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the show's been out for, what, two years maybe? I think so, yeah. Around, yeah. Okay, it's been two years. I'm convinced Jennifer Aniston, Steve Carell, and Reese Witherspoon actually host a morning show together somewhere. <laughs> and I could never find clips, and I was like, I, I don't understand why everybody's watching that show. I mean, wh- wh- why do they need to do a morning show all together? And I just realized this weekend, it's a TV series. Aw, that's cute. <laughs> and oh, I started Adam. watching it. It's amazing. Yeah, same here. Kelly called it delicious last week, so I well, started watching it too. Oh. And I thought those were great, uh, weird things to say about just a regular morning show. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's delicious, is it not? And devious well, and all that yeah, sort of good stuff. I love it. We're, uh, I think we're three episodes in, mm. but very watchable. Oh my God, it's so amazing. Yeah. Well, There's now, no now you know. I know, so you know. <laughs> yeah. For anybody else out there who had no idea. I love how they bring in uh, real life aspects to their uh, to their storyline. Yeah, Matt Lauer. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but you know what? Uh, since we are going to be three for three Spice Girls wise, it's yep. because of Mel C on Dancing with the Stars. And further down the C uh, category, cha-cha. That's right. So did you watch the performance? Did you watch her? I did. And she killed it. She's so amazing. She's magical, one might say. Mm-hmm. Well, you just said that. So uh, <laughs> I think, you know what, it must have been super challenging for her to be able to come up with like a choreograph, not come up with it, but to be able to execute a choreographed routine to a song that she's probably performed a zillion times mm-hmm. on stage doing completely different dance moves mm-hmm. while singing at the same time. And on Dancing with the Stars, they take the song and they edit it to make mm-hmm. it a shorter version of it. And she's got to do a cha-cha to that mm-hmm. with a partner. And she looked amazing and... Go, Mel C, go. That's what I say. I have a question for you because I only watched clips of the Dancing with the Stars performance. She looked amazing from what I saw. But my question is, as you mentioned with the previous choreography that she would have done back in the 90s for it, uh, did she somehow incorporate the backflip into this version as well, Sharon? I did not see a backflip, though I did note that she was in really high heels. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> not not sneaks and uh, track slacks. Right. Uh, she she looked amazing. Like and she really honestly killed the routine. No question about that. My thing is, as much as I'm rooting for her and you love seeing people that can dance well, I think she's got somewhat of an unfair advantage because she's a performer. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does do some dance elements, obviously. So the I I love when you see the stars that you're not that you don't know because of their dancing skills learn how to dance. Right. Though at the same time, I love seeing a really well-executed dance routine. So I'm I'm stuck. I'm uh, stuck in the middle of wondering if I should cheer for her <laughs> or cheer for the underdog, which well, you is know, not her. You know who's going to kill it? And I saw her performance in full for some reason because I think I happened to flip to that station at the time she was on. Amanda Klutz. Like, honest to God, she looks like she's a professional ballroom dancer. Wow. So I think she's going to for sure win it or be in the top three. There's no question. Nito, I like how you are making it seem like you uh, didn't PVR it, like you just happened upon it. <laughs> I, I legit happened upon it. Although my grandmother um, loves that show. Loves it. Loves it. You know who also I, w- I feel would love it? Flancy McConnell. She would also be oh, wearing track slacks. Flancy from season nine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she votes. Yeah. She wears a uh, matching, um, you know, jacket and uh, pantsuit. Yeah. She's got sensible hair and shoes to match. Imagine she's she Flancy is, McConnell. Imagine if she was a correspondent on the morning show with Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> Over to you, Flancy I'd McConnell. I'd love to see that. She yells because she doesn't get the concept of turning up her headphones. Yeah. So she just yells at her report. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> We got Adam to high pitch laugh, so that's a win. Yeah, I, I could see the full picture. <laughs> I could hear it, too. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so, Cal, you ready to dish out some trivia? I am. Let's do it. Let's do it. 90s. <laughs> now. Trivia. Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing bong. All right. I'm excited about this. So question number one, and again, uh, for our returning um, audience who would have known that in season nine, Adam would have had to get things right. He, he should still get things right, but there's no stress involved this time around because there's no points because Sharon destroyed him. So we're taking it easy on him on season 10. <laughs> Thank so, you so much. You're welcome. Uh, question number one. Uh, I feel Sharon. Adam like just you, kidding. <laughs> is, is what? I missed that. I just I just used my buzzer because I thought I know oh, the answer. Okay, um, Adam, I I I hope for you on this one. Okay, so 
Which model and actor played C.J. Parker in Baywatch? Adam. Adam! David Hasselhoff. <laughs> That's a solid guess, though. I'm, I'm proud of you. It's the right show. It's the Thank right you. show, the right version. Yeah, It's the only character I know from the show. Sharon. Sharon knows this one, Sharon. Pamela Anderson? Yes, our fellow Canuck. Yes, she is Canadian. We I, are proud of her. Wait, and her boobs. Who was, what? What was the name of All the of character? C.J. Parker. Oh, I thought C.J. was a guy. It could so be. that's why I said David. If I, if I understood it was a girl, I would have said That's Pamela. what makes the hot blondes, like, uh, cool. you know, that would, it, it regularizes them, normalizes them, makes them seem like one of us. CJ, she's cool and hot. What does CJ stand for? Chrissy Jane. I have no idea. Sharon? I don't know either. Okay. Okay. I don't know that. Adam, I maybe you I could knew. Google it. Maybe you'd have a trivia question. I'm going with Chrissy Jane, but I think it's incorrect. Yeah. I'm going to go with Cassandra. Oh, Cassandra. Juanita. Very nice. And the answer is, drum roll, yeah. Casey Jean. Oh, Ooh. I was close with the Jane. Close. Yeah. Yes, you were. Um, I was not close with the Juanita. Yeah. <laughs> not close at all. No. Uh, I wonder if that's Francesco's wife's name. Um, <laughs> well, you, you would be the one to have to ask that question, Kelly. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. I'll be at the field at 6 a.m., so I'm going to ask him. All right. Um, question number dos. All right. Here we go. Damn <laughs> already it. Already practicing. I'm already <laughs> practicing. You know my big word today in the field when I was speaking to him? I remembered that city is Ciudad. So I remember oh, nice. that. Yeah. Uh, so Damn It is a single from which Blink-182 album? Ugh. Sharon. Sharon. Enema of the state. Incorrect. Yeah, that right. Oh, really? Yep. <laughs> oh well. I do not have another guess. <laughs> you do not. All right. I'm correct- so bad with album titles. I'm so bad. But you know the Blink, don't you? There. Uh, I absolutely know. Damn it. Per- do you play that on your station? Yeah, once in a while. Oh, that's cool. Same okay. here. Same on mine. Not on mine. We play Justin Bieber. <laughs> I love him. Um, <laughs> I'm more of a Katie Cat fan, though, I have to say. But I have to say, I'm also a believer. Ever since he stopped being uh, a bit of a doorknob, I'm, I'm hey, back hey. on Bieber team. Back on track here. What's the answer? Uh, Dude Ranch. <laughs> oh, of course. Yep. Of course. And Mark Hoppus of Blink-182 is back in the news recently because he stopped his cancer treatments. And we'll find out in October the, uh, the total effect of uh, positivity. I'm channeling positivity his way because it seemed like they were... Working because of the, uh, I don't remember the alliteration of the blood cancer he has, but he's been dealing with um, chemo since the summertime mm-hmm. and it was showing positive effects. So he stopped the treatments now because it's run its course for this round and they'll find out uh, within the next few weeks what the next steps are for him. So fingers crossed and positive vibes channeled his way. Before yeah. you move on, Sharon, I recently listened to a podcast episode where he was a guest. It was recorded, I think, just before he would have found out that he had cancer. Um, yeah. He is most excellent. I really enjoyed hearing his uh, career tra- trajectory and like what it's like being in the band and how much he cares about songwriting. Like he's a really cool dude. Yeah, I've seen him. He had a show too that he hosted. Uh, I don't remember what that was on, but uh, yeah, cool guy to come out of the experience of that whole uh, blender of being thrown into the spotlight and being a, an instant hit. You hit the ground running, and then it doesn't even feel like your feet hit the ground, I'm sure. So yep. for anybody to survive that whole experience and then go on to do something else and continue to write songs and make the music that you like, good for him. Hey, Kel. Yes, ma'am. 
I have uh, just so that you're ready for tomorrow. Are mm-hmm. you ready for this? I'm ready. Just make sure I've got Uh-oh. the. It's Francesco. What is your wife's name? Francesco, ¿cómo se llama tu esposa? Oh, ¿Cómo oh. se llama tu esposa? I'm going to practice that. By the Francesco. way, that lady translator woman is like, she's sexy. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like, listen to that voice. She's like, Francesco. Like, she's all like, she's like on a telenovela. She's sort of not happy that she has to ask the question. She's like, Francesco, I thought you were hot. But como se, uh, como se llama tu esposa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, <laughs> and that's what would happen. If I took Spanish lesson, lessons, that's what would happen. I would have that tone on an overall. <laughs> It'd be like, oh, hi, my name is Shen. I am Sharon. <laughs> so it's probably good that I'm not taking Spanish lessons. Yeah, please, please don't do that. Yeah. Uh, Francesco. <laughs> Como se I can only Spanish. imagine We're if Sharon was her. trying to learn like a really hard, I mean, hard as in like n- not challenging, but hard as in like, like, like hard words like German. Can you imagine what Sharon would sound like if she was trying to learn German? <laughs> my goodness. Gonna, you, I'll practice. I'll come up with something. Okay. I'm down. All right, do it. I want, like, actually, you should do the same sentence. Francesco in German? Francesco, what is your Well, maybe say Hans or something. And, uh... Yeah, because you're not going to come across so many Francescos (laughs) in (laughs) Germany. Germany. (laughs) Probably not. Okay. Uh, Before I do that, though... That's your homework for next week. We've got some reboot, um... Sorry, I'm just remembering. I'm not supposed to be asking for Francesco. Um, Reboot information about a huge movie that takes us back like 30 years. Okay, we'll get to that in a sec. But I think first things first. uh, She's doing it. I'm doing it because I want to make sure that I'm ready, you know, to take on different things in in the world. Okay, we're going to love this, I think. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. Hans, wie heißt deine Frau? Hans, wie heißt deine Frau? Yeah, you got wie that. Wie heißt deine Frau? Did not disappoint. No. Thank you. That is, that <laughs> she is doesn't, pretty she epic. Doesn't sound a, she doesn't sound as weak. She doesn't sound happy either. Hans, wie heißt deine Frau? Wie heißt deine Frau? Where is your Frau? What is her name? All I know in German is Wiener Schnitzel. I don't think I could get far. Well, it depends on where you are, I suppose. <laughs> also, guten tag. Will, is that you know. your Wiener schnitzel? Are you just happy to see me? Danke. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so we're coming up on 30 years since The Bodyguard was in wow. theaters. Can you imagine that? 30 years solid yeah. since Dolly Parton knew that she had a retirement fund. I mean, she had success <laughs> certainly before, but having written I Will Always Love You and have Whitney Houston raise it to a level of, like, complete grandeur that it would be the hit that it was in the movie was incredible, also super fun. 30 years later, though, there's talk about uh, it's going to get a remodel. Very preliminary information. Like, there's, it's not been written. They have someone that they know is going to write it. It's not been written or retooled at all. Um, and no one has been cast for this. Mm-hmm. That we know of. I guess we'll never know. Uh, no, uh, but Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson, who have done a few things together, uh, have already joked about doing it. So separate from this news, they had joked about uh, doing the bodyguard. Crazy business. 
Well, it would be kind of cool because she said they, that they would swap roles, uh. meaning, <laughs> meaning, quote, we'll do a modern retelling, except this time I'm his security guard. We're still brainstorming that one, but there's interest, real robust interest out there. So I'm sure that was super tongue and cheeky, but uh, we'll keep you posted with uh, how the whole new bodyguard progresses. I will weigh in and say that I did not listen to the clip, but I saw a quick uh, sort of headline that Bobby, Bobby Brown, uh, unpleased by this news. Well, well, good for you, Bobby Brown. Like, what do you think uh, Judy Garland fans thought of A Star is Born getting remade twice <laughs> after she did it? You know, like... If, Wasn't Barbara Streisand unhappy with that also? Recently? Well, probably. I think sure. recently, I think recently she kind of talked, not smack smack, but a little smack, a smackette, if you will, about... Well, she was, she would have been super involved in that movie and really good at it. Yeah. Um, but man, what uh, Gaga and Bradley Cooper did with that movie, I thought was amazing. Yeah, great job. To like make it fit this many years later. Certainly mm-hmm. Barbra Streisand and Chris Christopherson were awesome. Judy Garland is, you know, legendary. But She's JG. To, well, exactly. Uh, and if you have a story that that's solid that can actually translate over decades like that, then it's got to be done. So mm-hmm. the, the challenge is then you have a great movie like The Bodyguard uh, standing in the way of the success of, of a retelling of the same story. So if you're up to it, then good luck, you guys. <laughs> and, and by uh, you guys, I mean anybody who's going to be cast because we don't know anything yet. <laughs> exactly. And just a quick follow-up on Whitney. I found out this news today. Um, they, by the end, like September 24th, uh, there will be a new version of Whitney Houston's How Will I Know with Clean Bandit. So they've done a remake. And Clean Bandit is awesome. Uh, I like if, her. If you don't nice. know Clean Bandit, they're a group from um, England, and they they make sort of pop music out of like classical music, like instruments, like or like or that like they they play it in that vein. They are amazingly talented, super sick, and I cannot wait to see how that song's gonna sound. Super sick. Yeah, and I realize that uh, the song is an '86 song, so not in the '90s, but it's Whitney, so we're always happy to mention her. Oh well, you know what? We wouldn't have had the '90s without the '80s. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You don't just skip, you know? While breaking news as it happens. (laughs) Uh, um, Hang on a second. Uh, Yeah, we talked about Dave Grohl's new book, right? No, we didn't. Well, we said that we would. We Mm -hmm. teased it and that it could have been many books, tomes. uh, Because uh, the book that he is, or the title that he has decided upon is The Storyteller. Yep. Which yep. is perfect okay. because of all the stuff that he's done leading up to this point. He's got a lot of stories, though. He said he could have written a few books because he's been in bands since he was a teenager, leaving high school to hit the road and tour. Uh, he said he could have written a book just on his time with Scream, mm-hmm. another one just on his time with Nirvana. And imagine all the books that would follow that this many years later with a huge, successful band like the Foo Fighters. So his challenge was to rein it all in. And I love the quote that he uh, that he shared in the interview that we all read, which was that, quote, the idea was to choose the stories that best described what it's like to be behind the curtain and on the inside of the music, from the drum stool looking out to play music, have this beautiful family, travel the world, meet people from all walks of life. I never take any of this for granted. Believe me. End quote. I believe him. I believe that you have pre-ordered the book. Is that correct? I would just like him to tell me the stories. <laughs> he should read you them as bedtime stories, Sharon. I could just call him and say, Dave, what about that time? 
and then he you could, he could make up anything. I'd be like, okay, see you uh, tomorrow. Okay, <laughs> same time tomorrow, Dave. Exactly. Call you back. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> I can't wait to read that book. I think it's going to be amazing. Well, I read a book uh, called This is the Call. I don't remember the author's name, but it had a like it was interviews with uh, Dave. So it had got his approval and it was a really concise, lots of information, lots of ties to uh, the roots of him as an early performer and what influenced him uh, that really made him like attainable like he's such a real guy he's genuine he's he's everywhere he's nice and there's nobody that doesn't like him everybody likes him um and so i thought that that book was like did a great job of doing that but when you think of the source when you think of dave Grohl, of course he's going to want to tell his own stories so i'd imagine that the storyteller is the first book and i would be super surprised if there was uh not another book after that do we have a release date for the book i'd love to make one up i don't have it (laughs) kelly kelly do you have a date let me quickly look, but I feel uh, I feel like the story I gave you is where it would have been. And also, uh, let's see. I don't think. No, I do not see a release date. Adam, could you? Quickly, I bet it's it's going to be in time for the holidays. Could is you, my guess? Yeah, oh, maybe Adam yeah. could quickly Google that though, just in case. And I know that we have to um, wrap up soon. And I'm not sure if you guys saw this note, so I'm just going to quickly mention it because it is massive, massive news. Um, the Fugees are coming back. Did you hear that? Pretty Ooh. cool. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Wait, before we go to that, I do have a release date. Well, according to the internet. Um, There's no lies on the internet, so what's the date? <laughs> October 4th, 2021. That makes so sense. So we're coming up on it just a few weeks away from now. Yep. It's early just cool. under for Just two weeks away. So here's the deal uh, for the Foo Fighters. Or sorry, what's the deal on the Foo... Not the Foo Fighters, the, the Fujis. Yeah, so I'm going to Because they're you. alike. The Foo Fighters and the Fujis are super alike. Similar. Exactly. <laughs> uh, if you're a longtime listener of 90s now, you know that Sharon and I love Lauren Hill so, so much. And we mean that. Um, yep. Especially when she comes out with winning statements. And so here is uh, her latest winning statement, which is like great, but like also a little... I don't know... I don't know if self-serving is the right word or, 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 or all about me maybe is it, but she goes, I decided to honor the significant project, its anniversary and the fans who appreciated the music by creating a peaceful platform where we could unite, perform the music we loved and set an example of reconciliation for the world. Uh, wow. And so like, you know, a lot of that is very good, but a lot of it or part of it also sounds like she's making the decision uh, you know, like, and I'm like, because they, they ended badly, if uh, people remember. The Fugees did not end entirely well. And so I do appreciate that she said they've obviously reconciled uh, enough to be able to come back together and celebrate the 25th anniversary of their hit album, The Score. So they're heading oh. out on tour. Uh, they're going to do, at the moment, there's a seven-date North American run um, from November 2nd uh, to the 28th. They're going to hit major American cities. Then they're going to do a couple of dates overseas as well, Paris, London, Nigeria, and Ghana. Um, and we'll have to see if they can maybe keep getting along. Maybe they'll add more. But, um, yeah, I can't believe the Fugees are coming back together. Like, this is Christmas, man. Awesome. <laughs> well, it's pretty cool. I just wonder, as one would, what time do you think she'll arrive at the venue? Well, the two boys will be on stage for nine. Um, <laughs> well, she'll get there whenever the hell she wants. Exactly. <laughs> I'm here. We all left. I wonder it's if it's 1130. I wonder... <laughs> I wonder if she'll, uh, like, do you think when she was in the orange jumpsuit, if she learned time management skills? 
while she was doing time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope so, too. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's one of those things that you get to a level, I think, where, uh, you know, you make the audience wait a little bit. You sort of get them revved up. But that's generally like five, ten minutes, not like two and, and a half and hours, and a half. Yeah. which she was used to doing. Because then you you have them leaving really mad. Here's a know? here's a thought. Can you imagine? And I think he's also gotten a bit better than this. Or, but can you imagine back in their heydays of severely being late for shows, what it would be like to be on a co bill with Lauren Hill and Axel Rose? Imagine the and show would start for, at five a.m. <laughs> opening up for the uh, for Guns and Roses, the Fugees. Yeah. We'll let you know. Oh my God. Anyways, <laughs> back knows? to you, Sharon. Back to you. Well, uh, more of an anniversary look back uh, 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. We started watching Everybody Loves Raymond. Wow. show that seemed perfectly cast, in my opinion, but there's a story circulating now on legit sources, People Magazine, that uh, the show's creator, (laughs) Phil Rosenthal, says that CBS heads wanted a hotter actress to play Deborah. Okay. Bananas, bananas. And it becomes less surprising when the name that gets dropped is Les Moonves, who was one of the names <laughs> dropped in the Me Too movement of women opening up and naming names of studio executives who took advantage of their position with actresses. Well, it was him that was pushing for someone else to get the job, an unnamed actress uh, mm-hmm. who was, uh, quote, very nice, just not right for the part. She, had, she didn't audition well. So uh, Phil Rosenthal, who's the creator of the show, asked for more time. And just two weeks later, Patricia Heaton got the part. Yeah, I and, thought it was perfectly cast, that show. Well, and actually, and I will say, too, the way that the article kind of starts out, it, it intones that, like, Patricia Heaton was cast, and then, the you know, they wanted this hot yeah. chick, whoever she was. But really, it sounds like they wanted a hot chick. He didn't go for it, the creator. And then they found Patricia Heaton, who is very hot. <laughs> like, she's awesome. Well, yeah. But, it, it but she was, it's not like she was looked over, I don't think. You know what I mean? Like No, she, I didn't get that. Yeah. And I thought that the headline was a little bit misleading. Yeah. Um, but the other, I guess, sad news about the show is that there's probably not going to be a reboot. Uh, he's, yeah. They're like, both him and um, and uh, Raymond, Ray Romano, uh, were like, kind of never say never, but it's probably not going to happen because both the parents are gone. Um, Doris Roberts and Peter Boyle were described by both of them as so the show. Um, and then, of course, one of the twin boys took his own life back in 2015. Yeah, I'd forgotten so, about that. That's Sawyer, so sad. Yeah, I had forgotten about that, too. Sawyer Sweeten, his identical twin brother Sullivan, uh, along with their sister Madeline, played the Barone kids mm. on the show. So that would be super challenging. So you yep. can see that there's a lot of the family that uh, that has um, passed on uh, that would watch over anything I think that these people would do. But yep. uh, it doesn't look like a reboot makes much sense. Ho hum. Mm-hmm. Flancy McConnell, Flancy McConnell, Flancy McConnell. Cue Flancy McConnell. We need some happy news. Happy a 90s rewind. Perfect. Let's go. All right. Let's go. I figure since we're back 25 years anyways to the beginning of the Everybody Loves Raymond run, we could look at the charts from around the same time in 1996. Quad City DJs had us moving with Come On and Ride It, the train. Uh, That was at number five around this time back in 96. Keith Sweat was twisted at number four. Wow. Yeah. What's that game? Uh, Twister? Twister, yeah. But it was twisted, so it's not even the same. Um, <laughs> oh, you know what? What's that Celine Dion song? The title's right there. It was written by uh, Jim Steinman, who wrote Meatloaf's album, Bad Out of Hell. What's the name? Oh, wait. It's all coming back to me now. 
Oh, oh I thought it was one, twist Jerome. by myself. That was a nice lead up, eh? Like I had you guys. You had us. Wait, you wait, had us. wait, wait, wait. Hey! <laughs> Celine Dion was at number three on the Billboard charts. Donna Lewis, I Love You Always Forever, would become her signature hit and was at number two background this time in 96. And the band that secured their royalties for life from getting played at every wedding for the last 25 years would Which be... Which one? Los Del Rio and the Macarena wow. was at number one. Number, no, do, 25 do, 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 years ago? 25 years of wow. Macarena. Nothing <laughs> says lot. I'm going to the bathroom at a wedding like that song coming on. Let's do it. No. <laughs> I'm going there. <laughs> going to the bar, going to the bathroom, going not to the dance floor to do the Macarena. But people love it and have been loving it for 25 years. That is our 90s rewind. Nice. Nice. Flancy McConnell loves it. Flancy McConnell approved. You know what yeah. I realized? My parents got married in 86. Oh, nice. So there's no way, no way they danced the Macarena at their wedding. Oh. Well, well, maybe they danced it at their 10-year anniversary party. Maybe they did. By the way, I have to say this. Um, I'm not wrecking the morning show for either of you, but I just want to say that in an episode coming up, because... Everybody you, dies. Yeah, imagine. Sharon, you said you're on episode three, and Adam, where are you? I think I've watched uh, three episodes as well. Okay, yeah. so in an episode coming up, uh, and I want, this will be homework for the two of you. I feel like there is a perfect um, scenario where Flancy McConnell could be a part of that show. And so I want you to both tell me once you're further along, <laughs> if you figured out which episode Flancy McConnell would be a stellar addition to the show. I would just, I, I have a question uh, that is concurrent to this show, which is, did you somehow copyright the name Flancy McConnell? Because you have said it, I think, like 14 times. <laughs> I just, I love it. I love the idea of Flancy McConnell. Like, she is everyone's every woman. <laughs> and that's how we're leaving the show. Everybody, Perfect. thank you very much for sharing your time with us, finding us wherever it is that you do that. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening to 90s Now. Still happening.